Welcome Packer fans, one and all, to another episode of Packers in Law. I am Jake the Packer Veteran, and we made it. It's uh, already halfway through the 2019 NFL season. Crazy, right? Uh, I can't believe how fast it's gone. Maybe because this Packers season has been so much more successful compared to the past uh, two seasons, I guess, for sure. Uh, but man, this, to me, this season is just flying by. Uh, it seems like, you know, right when I'm starting to, uh, the Packer game is over and it's like, oh, Packers are getting ready to play again. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel that way. If you do, let me know. But um, yeah, it just seems like it's going by real fast. So yeah, halfway through the season, Packers are now 7-1 and one after the win against the Patrick Mahomes-less Chiefs. Uh, I don't think many people predicted them to be this good at this point. I think I had them at 6-2 and two initially after, you know, this is back when we thought Mahomes would be playing in this game. But I think even then, people thought I was a little optimistic. So uh, by all accounts, Packers are having a great season. Uh, I think they're currently the number two seed in the NFC right now, maybe number three seed. I think it depends on the tiebreakers with the Saints. Uh, but, yeah, having a great year so far. Um, and But let's talk about the game against the Chiefs. So Packers win that game 21-24. to uh, Once again, as it seems to be the case in most of the games this year, with a couple of notable exceptions, uh, the Packers start out real fast and then hold on for a win, although this game was a little different and the, the Chiefs actually overtook the Packers uh, at halftime. So Packers shot out with a 14-0 lead. Chiefs scored 17 unanswered to take the lead. Uh, Packers got a field goal in the third quarter to tie it up, and then in the final quarter, uh, Packers scored two touchdowns. The Chiefs only scored one, thus giving us the final score. But, uh, yeah, Packers started out looking like they're going to blow the game wide open. Uh, Chiefs make a nice run at it, make it more competitive, you know, keeps NBC happy, keeps people from uh, watching baseball instead of football or, you know, whatever else is on Sunday night. And eventually the Packers hold on to win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was his normal, pretty brilliant self. I mean, he didn't have a perfect passer rating this time like he did last week against the Raiders, but he was 23-33 for 305 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 129 quarterback rating. Another great game for him. We'll talk about one of the plays he made a little bit later uh, in the show today. Um, but again, he's starting to look a little more settled into this offense that uh, Matt Lafleur has set up for him. Uh, we knew all knew it would take some time, and I'm not going to. I'm not saying he's not going to have bad games from here on out, but uh, you know, I think he's he's starting to look more comfortable. He's starting to look a little more in command of what's going on. Uh, the body language, I think, is better. I remember there was one game. I think it was the game against the Broncos. It just seemed like there were a lot of plays where he was just throwing it away early and like wasn't happy with the play calling or something. I don't know exactly what it was. I'm not going to make assumptions here. But you could just tell by his body language he wasn't feeling it back then. Uh, but, you know, as time goes on, if you're good at what you do, you get better at it, hopefully. And uh, that seems to be the case with Mr. Rogers. So well done for him. Now, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, apparently this guy is a receiver now, um, had seven catches for 159 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, if you're wondering, that's a 22 yards per catch average. Uh, should have had three touchdowns and more yards, but he set that out of bounds on uh, a nice wheel route play in the, uh, in the second quarter, I think. Um, it was in the first half. And, yeah, should have had more points, but... Boy, without Devontae Adams, he's he's really stepped up in his... seems like ever since he dropped that easy touchdown against the Lions uh, three weeks ago, 
he's been out to prove that he can be a receiver. Had that great catch on a really nice adjustment by him against the Raiders. And then now with this game, I know I know two. Well, the one, one of those receptions was basically an extended handoff. Uh, so maybe that doesn't count. But I mean, he caught a screen pass, essentially a wide receiver screen, and got a first out. But he looked great, and especially on that wheel route. I mean, he was wide open. Uh, you know, didn't have to. Uh, Make a crazy adjustment to it. Made a nice catch. Unfortunately, like I said, stepped out of bounds and stopped it from scoring. But apparently he's just proving he can do it all because uh, he had way more receiving yards in this game than he had rushing yards. Um, but, I mean, it's it's become clear. The guy's a superb athlete. And, again, watching him do all this stuff, it just it makes me think more and more that if Mike McCarthy would have gone to Aaron Jones more when he came back from uh, injury or suspension last season, I think the Packers might have done better. I mean, this guy, was he's talented, and he's proving it, and he is leading the league in touchdowns right now. He has 11, uh, eight rushing, three receiving. I mean, the guy is, a, is, I don't know if I want to say a star yet, but he, he's good. He's very good. Um, not bad for, a, I think, a six-round pick out of Texas El Paso. But, uh, yeah, so he stepped up big time, really stepped up in the place of Devontae Adams, who might play this week. Um, he's questionable on the injury report. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But, yeah, Aaron Jones had a great game, breakout games as a receiver. So that always helps. Uh, the defense, let's talk about them. Only two sacks this week, which I guess is more than they had against the Raiders, uh, both by Zadarius Smith, by the way. Uh, but I thought Matt Moore, for the most part, looked pretty comfortable. I know the Chiefs has some injuries on the offensive line, so I really thought that Preston and Zadarius were going to have a field day uh, sacking Matt Moore. Not the case at all. Um, the two sacks, of course, were big, but uh, still didn't get the pressure on Matt Moore that I thought they could have. Um, so not sure what happened there. Maybe the Chiefs just had good scheming or those backup tackles decided they needed to play their butts off. I don't know, but Matt Moore looks pretty comfortable, more comfortable than I expected him to be. Also, the defense definitely played better against the run. Uh, currently, the Packers, I think, are like 28th in the league against the run right now. Um, I mean, McCoy had a couple nice runs, LaShawn McCoy, but overall, the Packers held the Chiefs to 80 yards rushing, which is pretty good in this day and age. So, they did do better against the run. Tight ends still seem to be an issue, though. Now... This is Travis Kelsey. I know I said last week, I since Gronkowski's gone, I think he is the best tight end in the NFL receiving-wise. Uh, they did allow the one play where he was wide open and ran into the end zone for a touchdown. Other than that, I thought they held him in check. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like, I don't know, tight ends just seem to, even with Darnell Savage back, uh, tight ends just seem to be a problem with this defense, at least you know, not recognizing them properly. Uh, the other big issue the Packers tag was anytime the Chiefs got... Uh, Tyreek Hill matched up on Kevin King. That was a disaster for the Packers. Kevin King, needless to say, did not have his best game this week. Um, missed a tackle on that Mecole Hardman touchdown run. Uh, got beat by Tyreek Hill several times. You know, I like Kevin King. I like the, the size he brings to the position. The talent, you know, the talent's there. And, you know, he can make great plays. Like he made a great, you know, the interception against the Vikings in Week Two. He had that great interception against the 49ers last year. Um, the guy's got ability, uh, but he's very injury-prone, at least so far in his career. And honestly, at this point, I think a lot of Packer fans, myself included, kind of wish the Packers had just took T.J. Watt uh, in the 2017 draft. But 
you know, he's still young. He still has time. And like I said, I, th- I still think the Richard Sherman-ish potential is there for him. But, boy, he did not have a great game this week. Hopefully he can bounce back this week against San Diego. Or, excuse me, Los Angeles. I keep doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I grew up with them as the San Diego Chargers. And in the last two years of my life, they're now the L.A. Chargers. I just I can't get used to it. Uh, so, yeah, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, that, you know, the defense – People are saying that the Packers got lucky that Patrick Mahomes didn't play. That a lot of people seem to think that if Mahomes did play, the Chiefs would have won. And I mean, that very well could be. Uh, I'm not going to dispute that notion. Um, that's also kind of how I feel a little bit. Uh, but the thing is, we'll never know. You can only, you know, you can only control who you play. And yeah, it would have been a tougher game with a healthy Mahomes. But I thought Matt Moore did a pretty good job, and also showed the brilliance of uh, Andy Reid. And his uh, coaching mastered abilities, like that guy, just he knows what he's doing. Um, he got Matt Moore ready to play against the Packers. He made some great throws, made some great reads. Uh, Andy Reid's a great coach, so we'll just chalk it up to a little bit of uh, old school ingenuity. Um, I do want to talk really quickly about one thing with the game plan in general, especially on the play that sealed the game when uh, Aaron Jones was matched up against the linebacker, went in motion, then ran a little out pattern and got the first down. It seems to me, and please call me out if, if you disagree or if you think I'm you know barking up the wrong tree here, it seems to me that Matt LaFleur in his game plan is more willing to play the matchup game than Mike McCarthy is. I feel I, I had this notion that you know running like trying to go for matchups, favorable matchups, which is something the Patriots have been doing for forever. I mean the Patriots, you know, with like James White, you know, they get your slowest linebacker on running back and then he's wide open or you know they get uh you know they used to get Gronkowski in single coverage all the time and he would just eat people alive you know that's that's how you win in in modern football I think is you got to get those matchups um I felt like McCarthy kind of considered playing the matchup game as sort of I don't know dishonorable is maybe the word I'm looking for like you know you just you just go out there and prove that you're better because your players are better and obviously you run plays to get people open but uh, he, uh, part of me feels like he kind of felt like that was sort of like, like I said, like not. He, he it seemed to me he frowned upon playing the matchup game, and it's pretty clear, especially from this Chiefs game, that Matt Lafleur has not had the same opinion as Mike McCarthy because there were several times where they got Aaron Jones lined up on the outside against linebackers, including on the long touchdown pass, or rather the long touchdown run, and you know just you exploit those to your advantage because. I mean, it's there, you know, like you get linebackers on players who are faster than them. That's that's the oldest trick in the book is to get a favorable matchup. So, again, maybe I'm over, you know, maybe just because of the way this game turned in, I'm overemphasizing this, but I don't know. I just feel like McCarthy wasn't as uh, willing to use uh, favorable matchups like the way that LaFleur has been using in the last couple games, especially on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, email me or follow us on Twitter or Facebook and let me know if I'm crazy but that's just that that's what i feel like right now uh be interested to see if any of you agree or disagree or whatever um and before we talk about the unsung hero i just have to we of course have to mention the uh the aaron Rodgers throw to jamal williams in the end zone i mean yikes that was that was a thing of beauty i mean i was watching the game with andy and uh you know rogers drops back he's under pressure and i'm thinking like the rest of the country i'm like oh He's just throwing it away. He'll kick a field goal and go up by three points. And then Jamal Williams dives and catches it. And then you watch the throwing angle for Rodgers. He doesn't even get his arm fully extended. 
very compact throwing motion, and just the fact that he put it in the absolute perfect spot while getting tackled. I mean, come on. Like, that is just, that is just ridiculous. Um, uh, I was watching a, uh, there's a YouTube video, top 10 plays of the year so far in the NFL, and that was number one. So I'm not the only one who's uh, fawning and gawking over the, the, the impracticality of that play. So even at age 36, Roger still has it. Uh, whatever it is, he's got it. So I mean, that, that was just an incredible play. A great play by Jamal Williams, who, to his credit, he was interviewed by uh, um, SVP on Sports. I think it's Stephen Van Pelt. Uh, or, sorry, Scott Van Pelt uh, on, on Sports Center, And uh, he asked him about the throw, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't really sure he was looking. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said after the game he – Saw somebody behind Jimmy Graham and just threw it to him. And Jamal Williams said, I thought he was looking at me the whole time. So apparently Jamal Williams knew what was going on uh, before Aaron Rodgers did. Um, also, if you, uh, I don't know if you, go, if you go back and watch that play, you'll notice that early on in the play, Aaron Jones breaks out over the middle in the end zone wide open. And I don't know if it's just because of the pressure, but Rodgers doesn't see him. Um, had an easy completion there, but decides to you know put on a highlight play instead and uh, is having everybody fawning over his, his ridiculous talent. So... You know, that's just the way it works out sometimes, I guess. But yeah, that throw to Jamal Williams, incredible. And then for Unsung Hero this week, um, I'm going to give it to two players, Blake Martinez and Darnell Savage. Uh, Savage coming back from injury. Uh, Blake Martinez was actually listed as questionable coming into this game with an injury, so they weren't sure he was going to play. Uh, but they both played and both led uh, tied for the team league with seven total tackles each. Um, so, you know, props to them for not being 100%, probably either one, but still putting in the effort there and, uh, and making some plays on defense. Um, so good good job for them. Uh, but, yeah, Packers get the win in Kansas City, 31-24, and will go play the Los Angeles, not San Diego, Chargers uh, this coming Sunday afternoon. But before we get to that, of course, let's quickly go around the NFC North uh, and see what they did in the last week. Um, I know I mentioned in the last week's podcast because we already knew at that time what the Vikings-Redskins uh, – you know, um, score was, but yeah, so they beat the Redskins 19 to nine and they moved to six and two right behind the Packers in the NFC North. And now they get to go play the chiefs and Kansas city and Matt Moore and Andy Reid and all those fun weapons they have. So we'll see how the Vikings fare, uh, against the slightly underpowered, but still high powered chiefs. Uh, the bears lost to the chargers 17 to 16 at home, uh, this last weekend, Lost when uh, their kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, missed an extra point and then missed a field goal. I think it was like a 40-yarder as time expired. Um, so the Chargers caught a break there. But, uh, yeah, so the Bears dropped to 3-4, and four, and they will go on the road and play the Eagles uh, this Sunday. And the Lions uh, beat the Giants 31-26 at home, so they move up to 3-3-1, and one, and they will now travel to the West Coast to play the L- or, I was gonna say LA Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, uh, this afternoon. Or the Sunday afternoon, I should say. Which brings me to the Packers game against the Chargers. Also, so everybody in the MC North is playing on the road this week. Interesting how that works out sometimes. Uh, and but the so Packers will be playing the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers have really underachieved. I know I talked a little bit about them in the episode with the Raiders, but they've really I mean, they have a very talented roster, and I think they're still very talented, but they've had a lot of injuries. You know, they don't have Derwin James in the backfield. Uh, Melvin Gordon sat out with a um, holdout for a lot of the first, I don't know, five games or so. And they have great players. I still think Phil Rivers is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Keenan Allen is 
seems like that guy is always open uh, whenever he runs good routes. You know, they still have Nick, or excuse me, Joey Bosa uh, and Melvin Ingram and uh, Casey Hayward, former Packer, of course. They, they have talent. They have a lot of talent. I mean, Austin Eckler played great in the absence of Melvin Gordon. Um, but yet, they just... It seems like this, they keep finding more excruciating ways to lose. You can go back and look at their game against Detroit, um, where they... Uh, maybe it was against Detroit. Um, no, it was against the Titans, where... You know, it seemed like they scored on three separate plays that were then called back because the runner was down, and then the next play they fumbled and it was recovered in the end zone, and uh, they lose. But they finally got on the other end of a, a close call this week with the or last week with the Bears. But yeah, so they're three and five. They probably should be two and six if Eddie Pinheiro makes that field goal. Um, this was a team that you remember was only a game behind the the Chiefs to win the AFC West last year. Uh, ended up going from the one seed to the five seed. Uh, in the playoffs and um, you know ended up being the Ravens and then getting slapped around by the Patriots like everybody else is these days apparently um, but they've got they've got great talent I, I, I don't really know what their problem is like I said they keep finding new and excruciating ways to lose not sure where that's coming from uh, but there's still talent there uh, again the big question for the Packers this week is is Devontae Adams going to play he's officially this is questionable on the injury report so he could play this week um, but obviously I don't think we'll know. He'll probably be a game-time decision. Uh, so if you're playing him in fantasy, which I do have him in one of the three leagues I'm in, you'll have to wait until kickoff because we don't know right now. So um, going into this game, I'm a little bit worried about Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Like I said, I, I'm actually a huge fan of Austin Eckler. He just seems like the do-it-all guy, and he was that for the first however many games that Melvin Gordon sat out. I feel like Melvin Gordon's probably getting back into game shape. And like I said, the Packers have not been great against the run. And the Chargers are, I think, 28th in the league in running offense. Um, it might be just be because they've been losing a lot of this season, so they haven't really had time to establish a good running game. But I feel like if Melvin Gordon's going to have a breakout game, this might be the game to do it. Um, and like I said, Austin Eckler, he can do it either way, passing or running. He's, he's good either avenue, so... I think the key matchup in this game for the Packers is going to be the front seven against those two guys. Uh, and where they put a you know corner on either one, or if it's a linebacker trying to chase them down, or a safety. Um, I think really, obviously, Keenan Allen's an important player as well, of course. Uh, like I said, he's pretty much always open, it seems like. But I feel like you know if we can stop Gordon and Eckler, uh, the chances of being the Chargers is much higher than it would be otherwise. Um, and the Chargers, you know, they're better versus the pass and better passing. So I feel like Aaron Jones could have a chance to actually get back to his ways on the ground a little bit in this game uh, and try to exploit that Chargers run defense, along with Jamal Williams, of course. Um, and it might help, if, especially if Devontae Adams isn't playing, if the Packers can, you know, make a little bit better effort uh, on the ground and not have to rely so much on Rodgers propelling them to victory, which he has done the last two weeks. It's funny because we play all the NFC, uh, or excuse me, AFC West teams this year. They played the Broncos in week three, and now we're playing all the rest of them three weeks in a row. Not sure what the scheduling choice there was, but I guess that's just how it works out. So, As for my prediction, uh, again, I think the Chargers are still a good team and still talented, and I think they're still in it as far as the playoff race. But I think the Packers are obviously the better team right now. Um, I think the Packers should win this game. Uh, I think it might be a little, well, the other issue I didn't even talk about yet, 
is that the Chargers don't really have a home stadium. It seems like teams that travel well uh, go to the Chargers stadium and they have more away fans than home fans. Uh, if you watch the Sunday night game they played against the Steelers, that was definitely the case. And I would expect that to be the case on Sunday. Um, I remember even when the Chargers were still in San Diego, when they played them in 2011, uh, they, I think they had almost as many fans, if not more fans, than the Chargers did in their stadium down there in San Diego. So, uh, so yeah, it might be nice to have more noise on our side, I guess, but uh, I don't think it'll be easy. But I think the Packers will beat the Chargers. I'm going to say that they win 27-17. Uh, to um, And hopefully that comes to... Uh, comes to fruition because it would be nice to move to eight and one uh going into the second half of the season and one more thing real quick here i know th- this is basically a uniform thing so if you want to just shuff the podcast now and you don't care i i get that but so the chargers you know they're for a long time they've had a third jersey that's called their they call it the powder blues and for a lot of uniform aficionados like myself a lot of us consider it to be one of the best uniform looks in the NFL. Seriously, just look up the Chargers powder blue uniforms, and they're gorgeous. They're great looking. And so when I knew the Packers were playing them this year, and they announced this season that the third they were going to change the powder blues from their third jersey to their primary home jersey, which is great. I mean, people have been begging the Chargers to do this for years because navy blue is probably... Blue is such a great color, and navy blue is like the worst color that blue can be. And yet, a lot of teams use it in sports, and the Chargers have been using it as their home color for gosh, I don't know, since the 80s. Um, but so many teams have been begging them to, to just, you know, ditch the navy blue and go with the powder blue, which they did. And it's great. Except for, for some reason, this week, the Chargers, at least according to uh, the Gridiron Uniform database, the Chargers are going to wear their navy jerseys. And not only that, but they're also going to wear their navy pants, which gives them the mono navy look, which I am not really a huge fan of. Andy loves it when teams do that, when they wear the same color jersey and pants. I think it just looks weird in the NFL in most cases. There are a couple of exceptions, but when you have the great powder blue uniform, why would you ever, ever go back to the mono Navy look? I don't understand. The Chargers just, I feel like they're missing, it's just a huge missed opportunity. Um, And, you know, it's not like the NFL, uh, the gridiron uniform database is always correct. So maybe the Chargers will realize their mistake and go back to the powder blues this Sunday. At least that's what I'll be crossing my fingers for. But come on, Sandy. Or, I was going to say Sandy again. Come on, LA. Like, make the right choice here. Give us fans the visual treat that we deserve, especially match up against the Packers' very good-looking road uniforms. Uh, it would easily be the best-looking game of the week, but the Chargers are just really messing it up. All right, uniform rant over. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, you can find every past, present, and future episode of Packers Law at packtothefuture.com, Packer fan site, other podcasts are there fun stuff check it out uh, follow us on twitter at packers in law and on uh, facebook at packers in law you can email us packers in law at gmail.com uh this is Majik the packer veteran and i will talk to you guys next week go pack go